We're going to go to Luke chapter 2 today. We're going to begin in verse 1. We're going to pull out a few things today that we can apply today. What does this have to do with me and you? This happened 2,000 years ago. Yes, this is the birth of our Savior, but sometimes we read it, and it came to pass, and we read it just like it's another storybook that we tell stories to our children at nighttime. And um, I put in your notes, before we read the Scripture, this passage of Holy Scriptures begins with one of my favorite phrases. And one of my favorite phrases in the Scripture is this, and it came to pass. Because God said it was going to happen. He said it from prophets some five, six hundred years before. He said it in the Garden of Eden that it was going to happen. When Eve was receiving her, if you will, her discipline from God, she, the, and Satan received his, his curse, saying, you'll bruise his heel, but he's going to bruise your head. Her seed shall bruise your head. And her seed had to come through the lineage all the way down through King David, all the way down to, from Abraham to David to here from Mary, directly from the Holy Spirit. We're going to see in the Word of God that God's Word is true, and God's Word still holds true today. So let's look back to the, the Word of God. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. Are you there? Say amen if you are. And it came to pass, the end, right? And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place when Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called, church, what's it called? Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told of them. I want to quickly go through your notes today. I want you to see something very clearly for us that is applicable for us today. The angels came from God, and they were sent by God. And by the way, that's what angels are. If you look at Hebrews, they're ministering spirits sent by God. What do angels do? They do what God says to do. They minister in the name of God. They minister in the name. They come before the Father. The Father gives them instructions. They go and do His bidding here on earth. We've seen the rovers land in Mars, and you've seen all the different things of people looking. We spend so many millions and billions of dollars looking for life on other planets. 
We have record of the, the Lord Jesus Christ came. He made the earth. John chapter 1, as Brother Adrian read, if you go back and look at verse 1, it says, Everything that has been made was made by his hands. Jesus made, he was our creator that made all things. Well, if Jesus is our creator, Jesus is our savior, is Jesus God? The answer is yes. We've talked to some people this week and said, hey, I struggle with having God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You think God knows that? Does he know that your little, our little peanut minds can absolutely just can't fathom that because we're so limited by time and space? We, 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 we're limited by what affects us today. We're limited by a small little virus today. Does the virus affect God at all? No, it can't because he's God. He's in charge. Did you know the virus was coming? Yes, of course, because he's God. So when God explains this, we come to the place that the Father sends the Son, and the Son does the bidding of the Father, and then he sends, Jesus goes back to heaven when he resurrected. We know this story from when we continue to read. He says, I'll ask the Father, and he'll send you the Comforter, and the Comforter is the Holy Spirit. So today, you and I live in a day and time where we have the Holy Spirit living in us. If we're Christians, we have the Comforter living within us. So as we read this story, we have an understanding saying, okay, God, I understand what your plan was because you've told us what your plan was. You kind of told us what you were going to do. You told it from the prophets, and then you said it was going to happen, and then we read that it happened. And the only thing we're waiting on the prophetic calendar is what today, church? For him to come again. He came the first time. He's coming again to take home his church. Have you ever spent much time thinking about God's word coming to pass? I had that in your notes so you could actually think about that. Do you ever sit outside, look at the skies? Sometimes we're so locked inside, especially with this virus going on, we're locked inside that we don't go outside and actually see God at work. Romans chapter 1 tells us that even every man on the planet, every woman on the planet, every boy and girl can understand that there is a God because of all the revelation that's out there in creation. You walk outside at nighttime in the starry skies and you look up, you can't help but think somebody made that. That didn't happen by accident. Now, you can go beyond that, like I told you about NASA and, and people are looking for life on other planets. Let me go ahead and be the first person to tell you this. I, get, I hate to bust your bubble if you're a sci-fi kind of person there is no other humans there's no other aliens out there just want to give you that heads up you say well how do you know because the lord would have revealed that to us in his word if, had be, if that was true what about all the ufos it said so on fox news there's ufos the pentagon says there's ufos y'all have you ever seen an f-14 fighter pilot have you ever seen an f-14 fighter plane when I was in the Navy, I was reading all these top secret, I had a top secret clearance, I'm reading all these different things, it's been revealed now to Jane's fighting ships and, and planes, you can see this now for yourself, it's, it's declassified. But in 1974, the Tomcat was revealed, uh, released as the greatest weapon, and it was a great weapon for a long time. But it had jet propulsion, supersonic speed, the, you ever seen it fly and it, as, the plane, as the wings retract back and it hits the, the speeds that, uh, that are recorded? Do you know when it was actually operational and flying? I didn't know this until I was in the Navy reading about it. It was flying, literally flying, and, and, and it was not missions, but it was flying in 1957. 1957. Revealed in 74 as the greatest new plane, but it was flying in 57. So things, I, do I think people are seeing things out there in space? Yeah, it's real. You see some pictures. I believe there's some things that are happening. And I believe that demons can manifest themselves in some crazy ways. I really do believe that. Because if God's angels can do it, demons can do it as well. I don't know what the restrictions are, and I don't, I'm not here today to preach on that message today because we're talking about the coming of our Savior. But I want to encourage you, listen, stop focusing out there and start focusing right here. Because the Bible tells us that everybody's born once. The Bible tells us everyone's appointed to death. 
and then the judgment. We come to the place, and this is good news of great tidings to all people. But I also got to tell you, this is bad news for those who won't believe. For everybody's focused on science and all the things out there, and they lose the focus on Jesus Christ, they will one day die and be separated from the one that loved them, the one that came to save them, the one that could keep them with them for all times, the one that created them. They get their eyes off Jesus and get it on science or get anything else, the, the, the pandemic or whatever it might be, and we lose the sight of Jesus. We've lost everything. Let's go and look at your notes. I want to show you this. Joseph and Mary journeyed by foot some 90 miles to Bethlehem. And I say by foot, it could have been had a, a beast, a cart. We don't know. They were poor people because we actually see what they offered for the sacrifice for Jesus when they come to the temple. They offer two turtle doves. They come to the place of offering what a poor person could offer for the birth of a firstborn. But they walk some 90 miles by foot. Would we do that today? We'd probably say, oh, foot. We're not going, right? But by penalty from the government, they had to do this. And they traveled back to their place and their lineage. Where was, where was their lineage? The city of Bethlehem. Micah said, and you can read it for yourself, that the ruler was to be born. In Micah 5, 2, the ruler was to be born in Bethlehem. The bread of life was to be born in the city of bread. Isn't that amazing? We think it's amazing. We go, aha, we figured that out. We read that together. We would say, oh, we actually, Bethlehem's called the city of bread. Jesus is called the bread of life. And we put it together thinking we're really smart. Do you think God had a plan for that? He reveals his truth to us. And we, aha, we're always inundated by his truth saying, wow, God is awesome. Every time that God shows you something else in his word, you can't help, I can't help but going, God, how in the world? You're amazing. You're amazing. And when I sit outside at nighttime, I go out to the, I got the privilege of going out to the polo field and just looking up and seeing the skies and I see the moon and I see the clouds and start thinking, Lord, we don't experience you too often in nature because we don't get out in nature anymore. Alex, uh, my oldest son, works for an organization. Actually, they prescribe nature walks and visits for young people today. It's a prescription. It's actually a counseling program. They have to get out into the wild go to waterfalls, they have to go hiking, it's because it's part of their treatment. Does that make sense to anybody on the planet? It does if you lock your kids, and Christmas is coming, and some of y'all are going to do it to your own children. Some of you are going to do it to your grandchildren. You're going to lock them in with a device in their room, give them everything, and pay them a monthly fee, whomever they are, Verizon, whomever they might be, AT&T, you'll pay them a monthly fee to have them take your kid's soul from them. You'll say, listen, I, I love the Lord, and, but my baby, I want them to have more than I had when I was growing up. You turned out all right, didn't you? Did you? Maybe, maybe some of you didn't turn out all right. I don't know. But you made it through. But what we're doing today is that I want to give my kids more than what I had. The question is, why? The tough times is what makes us tough. Is that true? When we're poor, we depend on Christ. We come to the place and look right here with the Word of God. God came very clearly to the poorest of the poor and chose Mary to be his vessel. She was righteous, the Bible says. Joseph was righteous, the Bible says. Not because they were righteous in and of themselves, but they had made a choice. They had dedicated themselves to the Lord. Joseph and Mary are doing the very things because they're compelled by the government to do it. They're moving. They're having to make a decision to move to this new city, at least for a time to be registered. This is not something you'd want to do in the ninth month of pregnancy, would you, ladies? Take a 90-mile journey when you're just about to give birth. I've been with a pregnant woman more than one time, my wife, and there's no way we could have made a 90-mile journey on foot. She, could have, she was tough enough to make it, but 
I don't think I would have been tough enough to make it, but they did it because they were compelled to do it by the government. We're facing things today that we don't like the government's doing. Is that true? We don't like the results of the election, or we love the results of the election. I don't know where you find yourself. We don't like the pandemic, but it's causing us to change. We go, we can either accept it and let the Lord make us better through it, or we can come to the place and just gripe, gripe, and gripe and make us bitter through it. Is that true? And so we come to the place, this is where they were. They could have been griping for not. Could you imagine the words that could have been said for 90 miles? And they wouldn't have been just by themselves. They would have been in a company because everybody from the towns would join together in caravans and they would come together. I can't believe this happened to me. Caesar Augustus, good for nothing Roman, right? Because they didn't like the Romans to start with. And now he's compelling them to, to go back to their homeland. Some had to travel this way, north, south, east, and west. Imagine the griping that could happen whenever that ruler was in place. And he had full authority to speak. He didn't have to take a vote. He said, do it, and you had to do it under penalty of law. But look what they did. When they arrived, look at your notes. Mary went into labor, and she gave birth. The Bible's very clear that she gave birth to her firstborn son in a place where animals were kept. He was not born in a manger. So we see, we sing that a lot of times. Jesus was laid or lied in a manger. He was placed in a, a manger as a food trough. You've seen them before. We had them growing up on the farm when you would slop the hogs. That's the food trough you would dump the food into. Cattle sometimes eat out of a food trough. Horses sometimes eat out of a food trough. That's where Jesus was laid. Was laid. She wrapped him in strips of clothing. That's something, or cloths. That's something that a poor person would do. She didn't have, a, we think of a nice baby tucked in blanket. We see pictures of Christmas, and Christmas is so cute. Baby Jesus has got his nice wool blanket on, and depends on the artist who actually created it. He has, there might be patterns or something else like that. But listen, this was just simply strips of clothing. It was just ripped. And this is the same way. So why, as Mary, and I can't help but see it, as she's there in that shelter, wherever that shelter was, and the word is not in. There was no Motel 8 in Bethlehem, just so you know. that When it says the word in, that translation there was, there was no place to stay in the upper room. Typically, the human stayed in the upper room, and the animal stayed underneath the house or in a cave-like setting. So it's very much probably, if anything, it was, the, it was the cattle and the cattle that are lowing. I never knew how to understand that as a kid. I'm like, how did the cattle low? It's another story for another day, right? But as Mary's given birth, and obviously as she has cleaned her baby, obviously there's things that she knew. She had been around other ladies had been pregnant and given birth. As she tears off these strips of clothing, she would wrap that baby, baby Jesus, one little strip at a time. And I can't help but think up on the hill where the shepherds are, as the lambs, as the sheep give birth to the lambs, they're up there also, and their responsibility was to, how they mended lambs was, and take care of lambs to make them feel comfortable, was to tear strips of clothing, or cloth, and wrap that lamb one at a time. Tie him off, wrap another, tie him off, wrap another, tie him off. So when the angels come to the place, and we'll see this in just a minute, when they tell the shepherds, you'll find a babe lying in a manger, a food trough, wrapped in swaddling clothes, right, strips of cloths, they knew exactly what to look for because they would say, hey, that's what we do. And by the way, these shepherds were the ones who would actually look over and watch out for the sacrificial lambs. When the time of Passover would come or whenever people would have to make an offering of sins, these were the shepherds you would go to, and if your lamb was spotted or blemished, you would have to exchange your lamb, and they would have to offer you a clean lamb, an unspotted lamb. So as they're watching over the sacrificial sheep, guess who the angel asks them to go see? He asks them to go see or tells them to go see the sacrificial lamb. 
the Lamb of God. And, and shepherds were not, shepherds were considered unclean. They could not even go into the temple because of the job they did. They were the lowliest of the lowest. I want you to look and see. When you get into the word, we'll actually compare back and forth. I want you to see this. She wrapped him in strips of clothing. That's the swaddling cloths that we sing about. She used a manger, an animal feeding trough for his crib. Shepherds who watched over the sacrificial sheep were nearby. They were busy doing their job. Mary and Joseph were busy doing what they do. What was Joseph? He was a carpenter. Guess what he was busy doing before the government made him move? He was doing carpentry work, right? That's not advanced. What's an electrician doing? Electrical work. What's a plumber doing? Plumbing. We come to the place and see that just on an ordinary day, they're commanded to go and the government makes the move. But it was God's plan. Even though it seemed like it was an impossible thing to do, if I move now, I'm going to lose all my customers and I'm going to tell them I, I can't be here for that. But his customers are doing what as well? Going to their city of their fathers. They have to go back to the place and register because of the order from the government. So it's not a convenient time, this Christmas story that we tell. We, we, we dress in red and greens and we have lights and nice things. We have candles burning. We have poinsettias, Mike, is that how you say it, right? We have all the nice things of Christmas. It makes us feel good and warm. But they had a miserable time. It was miserable. Traveling by foot some 90 miles. Traveling during this time when she's pregnant. And then the shepherds. And by the way, I found out something about shepherds in the Old Testament. And y'all know Jesus was born in the Old Testament, don't you? The New Testament. He brought about the New Testament because he is the new covenant. He is, his blood is the new covenant. So he's living in the Old Testament. And shepherds in the Old Testament, if you think of King David, what was he when he first started? He was a shepherd boy. He'd come to the place. His father Jesse said when it was time to be anointed king, he went through all of his sons. And the prophet said, this, none of your boys is the king. Do you have any more? Well, the young one's out with the sheep. Go get him. We won't sit down to eat until you get him. And we find that he was actually anointed king. Most shepherds in the Old Testament were children or teenagers. Do you find it amazing that potentially God goes to Mary and Joseph, who are potentially teenagers, when he calls them to do this great work? Do you find it amazing that God calls shepherds who are teenagers? I know the story. I know your mind's all crazy right now because you've seen storybooks, and your picture me Bible tells you there was these old guys looking like me that came to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Go back and study for yourself and find out the truth from the Word of God and do a little research. You'll find out the shepherds were possibly, probably, the youngest uh, of, of the youngest. They were teenagers. They'd come to the place, and listen, that's why they weren't afraid to tell anybody. They weren't afraid of the authorities. You ever seen a teenager, are they afraid of authorities? Speaking of those fighter pilots, who do we strap in the buckets of those fighter pilots? Crazy young people because they're, they're full enough to turn on the jets and let's hit it as fast as they go. They're the ones who jump off the mountains, right, and jump off cliffs. You get a 50-year-old, what happens? You put them in command because they're not going to jump anymore or they're not going to fly as much anymore. But those young men and ladies now today, they don't care. Let's go do it. Faster the better. Is that true? A carnival, what's it set up for? Old people? Never. How many old people say, I ain't riding that, makes me dizzy to look at it. Young people are like, let's do it again. The bottom drops off, it spins upside down, let's do it again. Listen, God always puts, and even if you look at great awakenings in history, God has used young people to do great things. Teenagers, listen, don't minimize your faith. God has used teenagers and young people throughout history. And this is, this is what he's done here. 
Come back to your notes if you would. God's angel appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord lit up the night sky. They were greatly afraid. That happens every time that a human comes in contact with an angel of God. The human falls down, either tries to worship the angel or tries, or, or tries to get away from the, the brightness of the light. <clears throat> they are afraid. Was Mary afraid when Gabriel came to her? Yes or no? According to Scripture, she was greatly afraid, just like these shepherds. We don't know this is Gabriel, but when the angel came, what happened to the men or the young men? They cowered away. They were afraid. And what does the angel come back and say? Let's go back and look and see what the angel says. Verse 9 tells us they were afraid. Verse 10 says, Then the angel said to them, Do not be what? Don't be afraid. Because why? Here's why. This is the reason. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Angel saying, I got a message for you. Do not be afraid. Listen to what I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you there's good news. And I'm telling you the good news, not just about good news that's happening in Bethlehem, but the greatest of news. And the greatest of news is that the Savior is born, the very Savior that your mom and your daddy told you about, the very Savior that we said he was coming, that the prophet said he was coming, the very one has come. And did the angels understand? The Bible says clearly even now, and you go back and read Hebrews, the angels look over heaven going, I don't understand why those humans don't get it. Do you understand why you don't get it? Do you understand why you don't have joy in worship? You're worried more about COVID-19 than you are about worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ? Should you be concerned? Absolutely. But we come to the place and listen, Jesus is faithful. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 8, He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Is that true from the Word of God? Then let's trust Him for what He says. In the hard times, how about we trust Him? In the good times, how about we trust Him? In the very difficult times in your life, how about we trust Him? Because He's faithful. He's forever faithful. Just as Gabriel told Mary not to be afraid, the angel told the shepherds not to fear. The angel brought good news for them. And the Bible says, and to all people. And I told you again, this is only good news if you give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. This is some terrible news that the Savior of the world has come if you reject the Savior of the world. This is the worst news you possibly could hear. It didn't say, listen, celebrate because you are a member of a certain denomination. Celebrate because you've been to church your whole life. Celebrate because you had hard times. Celebrate because you give a lot of money to poor people. This says, celebrate because there's a Savior who has been born in Bethlehem. He shall save his people from their sins. What do you think happens whenever these shepherds come in and tell Mary and Joseph, you won't believe what happened. We were up in the mountains. We were actually right over on the hillside watching the sacrificial sheep. We had angels come and actually show. And I think, by the way, if the light of God has shone around like it did with Paul, you remember we've been going through the book of Acts? It says the men traveled with him, saw what happened, but they didn't hear a voice. They come to the place, and they, they saw an experience. They didn't see Jesus themselves, but they saw the experience what happened. Who's in the town of Bethlehem, by the way? How many people were there? Bethlehem's packed out. Everybody's home to pay their taxes or to be registered to pay their taxes. It's packed out. Do you think people saw lights in the sky up on the hillside? I'm going to show you. I believe they did. And I'll show you from Scripture, not just me making stuff up. Because sometimes I talk about stuff because I let my imagination go there. I let myself be there on, on location with the shepherds. But I'll show you why. why I think that. But these shepherds, I believe they came in and told Joseph and Mary and Jesus, you won't believe what happened. Now, Mary just gave virgin birth to the Son of God. 
And when these guys come in and tell them about something supernatural that happened to them, do you think she's going to believe them? Absolutely, because the Bible tells us that as well. She holds these things in her heart going, what is going on, right? That's the common vernacular for us. She knew what happened to her. She knew she had known no man. She was a virgin, and she's nine months pregnant. She knew she was giving birth to the one that Gabriel said an angel came to her and said, you're giving birth to the Most High, Son of the Most High. Look right here what happens. This is kind of exciting stuff. With great heavenly host and tremendous celebration, the angel told the shepherds that the Savior had been born in Bethlehem. The shepherds left their important job. And by the way, they were doing their job as well. Just like Joseph was doing his job when he had to leave because the government forced him out. These shepherds are doing their job, and guess who forces them out? God. He sends an angel to send them to Bethlehem. Shepherds left their important job and quickly went into the town of Bethlehem and found the baby. And the Bible says, just as the angel had said. Can I tell you that with you today in your life? If God has given you a word, he's going to do it just as he said. He's going he's to bring it about just as he said. If God comes to the place that leads you to a, to a career change, he leads you to a college, he leads you to a mate to marry, he's going to do it just as he said. And some people say, well, he hasn't said anything to me. That's because you're not listening. In order to hear from God, you've got to sit before God. He said, well, but God's never spoken to me. Then you need to check yourself. If God has not spoken to you, let me give you a couple problems you can have. Number one, you're not a Christian. You're not saved at all. If you haven't heard from God, you may not be saved. Or it could be that you're too busy. Have you ever been out on Whiskey Road walking? The other night I fixed McKenzie's Jeep. I put a starter on it and uh, drove it up here to church because I left my phone sitting right about there. Wendy said, I think you left your phone on the seat. So I drove back here Sunday night. The Jeep cut off on me halfway here. I was like, How, what am I going to do? It's nighttime. I've got a bummed out shirt. I look like a bum. Not a, I don't know if a pastor looks like a bum or not, but I'm walking. I've got a pair of loafers on, no socks, a pair of blue jeans, and Jeep breaks down on me. And I, what am I going to do? So I started walking home. I walked home two, a little over two miles. I walked home. It was a good, humbling experience. Started thinking because I need a sermon preparation, right? So God, give me some time alone. I'm walking home. I'm walking down these dark streets and the different smells that happen on the street. I'm like, man, this street stinks. Somebody's smoking a cigarette or cigar on the back porch. I could smell it from a distance. And, and, and somebody, I said, man, that smells like mothballs. And somebody just paved their driveway. And the different smells that happen and the different things that happen at nighttime. And, and I'm not complaining. I'm just celebrating. I'm like, Lord, you know, I could go home. And I really wish that thing would have made it to church and back. And lo and behold, uh, you wanted to get me alone. And, and you wanted me to hear from you. And, and so as I walked, it was, not a, it was a, an experience of joy that I had. All the different things of smelling and seeing the different things that you pass by so quickly that you don't know if you don't walk. And sometimes that's how we are in life. We're so busy. If any of us had to take a poll, we'd say, what's the number one problem in our life? We would probably say busyness. We're so busy, can't slow down for anything. Listen, we will slow down. Either you can slow down yourself and listen to God, or he'll slow you down. Can you imagine living your whole life and missing hearing from God? He's going to be a stranger when you get to heaven. So you might not be a Christian, you might be too busy, you might not be reading his word because that's how he's going to speak. This is called the word of God. God has already spoken, and listen, you'll find things in your life. You say, well, God doesn't speak about a nuclear plant in here. God doesn't speak about college in here. 
And I want to tell you, yes, he does. You say, show me. I'm not God. But I'll tell you, it's here. I'll join with you. I'll study with you. If you're searching for something, then for God to speak, I'll sit down with you. We'll go through the word of God together. But listen, God, like Moses, Lord, I can't speak. And God's anger burned against Moses. He said, then get your brother Aaron, but he's going to receive some of the blessing. It might happen to you that way. Listen, I want to encourage you. God will speak to you directly. Just like you hear my voice today, you can hear the voice of God, not an audible voice, but you'll hear God speak to you through his word. God will speak to you. Listen, he'll speak to you through your encounters, through your experiences, and God will speak to you through godly advice. If you've got a problem that comes up in your life you need advice for and you want to hear from God, the Bible calls him the wonderful counselor. Amen? Don't go to those secular counselors. Psychiatric drugs are going to make you, listen, psychotic. True? And you say, well, some people need them. Okay, I'm with you. But listen, do everything you can. Exhaust everything you can to keep your mind straight on the Word of God. Let God work with you first. Get a Christian counselor. Get a Christian doctor. Ask questions. Come to the place. And all those people that are Christians around you would actually come back and they should be pointing you to whom? To Jesus Christ. If I tell you I got a problem, if you tell me you got a problem, I'll tell, I'll tell you who the problem solver is. Some of you say, Pastor, it's not that easy. I never said it was easy. Listen, our problems are real. Your problems are real. Your issues are real. Your grief is real. Your loneliness is real. Everything about your life, listen, it's real. But there's one who can handle the truth in your life. There's one who wants to walk you through life. He wants to do life with you. Look at these shepherds. They go quickly to, they, to Bethlehem. They find the baby just, as the angel said. After they visit with Jesus, they began confessing Christ. They, they, became, they become confessing Christians to anyone who would listen. They became evangelists, ones who share the good news. And by the way, for us, that's called the gospel today. That's what the good news is. They were evangelists. They were evangelists. They were actually going and telling. Let me tell you what happened. Guys, let me, listen, listen. If anybody will listen to me, and that's why I say as young people, because older people are like, I don't really want to bother that person because, you know, they look like they already got it together, and they already know, and they won't believe us. And So we prejudge, don't we? We always talk about teenagers don't fear rejection. It's more adults don't fear rejection. Adults come to the place and I'm afraid what they might say, for, say to me. If I say a good word for the Lord, I might get fired from my job. If I say anything about Jesus Christ at the Christmas season of all times, uh, they might tell me to be quiet. Or they might embarrass me. They might make fun of me. But the young person, you get a young person on fire, they don't care who's around. They don't care. They do all kinds of crazy things, but they don't care. And you send them out on a message or a task, guess what they'll do? They'll make a game out of it. They'll come to the place and see how many people they can tell. And I believe that's what these shepherds did because look, the Bible says, watch this. Verse 17, now when they had seen him, that's Jesus, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. They went and told everybody. And guess how many people were in town? A whole bunch of everybody's. And, and they're shepherds. Why would I listen to you as a shepherd? Well, you wouldn't necessarily know because an older man like me, if he was a shepherd, guess what he would do? He wouldn't talk to you because he was what? He was considered something. I told you at the beginning of the sermon. He was considered unclean. And he would know that the Pharisees and those rulers would shun me. If I come to the place and said something to you, if I spoke to you and you'd say, don't talk to me, you're unclean. A teenager don't care. Let me tell you what just happened. Man, we saw an angel. We saw an angel start speaking. He lit up the sky. And I believe some of the people saw the light as well. Because let me tell you why. Let's look at the Word of God says. Verse 18, and all those who heard it, what did they do? What does your Bible say in verse 18? 
and everyone who heard these these, these shepherds, these shepherds, these evangelists who are shepherds who are telling about, listen, we watch over the sacrificial lamb, but we got to meet the lamb of God. And, and listen, he's down in Bethlehem. He's right over here in Bethlehem. He's staying at so-and-so's place. And the baby's he's got strips of cloth, just like we do the lambs. And listen, he's laying in a feed trough, just like we feed our lambs. He's laying right there. He's right over there. This is like a lot of people today. We hear the good news of Jesus Christ. We know it's true, but some people just don't want to go and hear the message. I mean, think about if you heard, you've been looking for the Savior your whole life. Your mom and dad has told you about the Savior. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And then some of these shepherd boys who are unclean boys, I understand, they say, listen, he's come. The Christ child, the Savior of the world, the Messiah, is laying in a feed trough in Bethlehem. How's that? that doesn't even make sense to us today, does it? Does it? We want him to be king of kings and lord of lords, which he is. We want him to be a palace, a royal palace. We want all the bedazzled jewelry, right? We want everything done so that he might shine because he's our lord and savior. But he came, listen, that the, he came to the uttermost, the Bible says, right? To the guttermost, if you will. He came to the place for the lowest. He came to the lowest first, but yet for the king of kings. When he comes to the place, any king that was king, he is king of kings. He came for the poor. Whatever socioeconomic status we want to listen between poor and rich, he came from everybody in between. Is that true? This is the Jesus that we're talking about today. This is the Jesus who these young shepherds went and proclaimed. They went from place to place. And listen, the Bible is very clear that many in the town of Bethlehem heard from the shepherds and they marveled. The Bible says, hmm, let me think about that for a little bit. You ever told something about Jesus? Hey, you need to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ if you want to be saved and go to heaven. Hmm, let me think about that. Well, I've been baptized. When I was a baby, uh, my mother and father took me to the priest, and he dropped some water on my head, and therefore I feel like I'm good with God. Does the Bible say if you feel like you're good with God, you're going to heaven? Jesus himself said, the very Savior of the world said to Nicodemus, let me tell you something, you must be born again. That should have been amen right there, right? He did say that. John chapter 3, read it for yourself. You must be born again. Your mother gave birth to you the first time, but the Spirit of God must give birth to you the second time. This is truth from the Word of God. So it does not matter, listen, how far back you, chase, you trace your religious roots. It doesn't matter how far back that you say that you belong to whatever sect or whatever uh, religion or, or, or denomination. If you've not given your heart and your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not saved. You will not see him face to face. You will not live with him forever. You will not be in heaven. You will be, listen, you'll miss heaven by a long shot. And like the worst sinner who's a drug addict, you don't want to name the sin, name it. And the saint, or the one who thinks they're a saint in church every Sunday, are going to be on the same path. They're going to be on the broad way that leads to destruction. Jesus said it. He's God. And he said, you must be born again. Can't argue with that. Or you can't argue with that, but it's going to do you no good. You're a foolish person if you do. Just like these people, I believe, who saw that bright, bright light up on the hill, just like these people who heard the message saying, listen, the Messiah has been born in Bethlehem. It didn't make sense to them. It don't make sense to us. Why would the king be put in a, a food trough? Make any sense? Why would he be born in a stable in Bethlehem? Remember when the Magi are coming? We're going to read about the Magi coming. You say, well, maybe they didn't know, Pastor. Maybe you just put words into their mouth. Watch this. 
when the Magi rolled into town around two years later, they come in and say, where is he who is born king of the Jews? King asked, where, where are they? They're like, uh, it says right here, uh, he is to be born in, where church? Bethlehem. They knew that he was coming. They knew that he was coming to Bethlehem. That's where he had to be born. Listen, all the ones in authority knew it, and the ones who passed it on to generation to generation knew that he was to be born in Bethlehem. It was told he was being born in Bethlehem. He was born in Bethlehem. The angels bear witness that he was born in Bethlehem. The shepherds bear witness that he was born in Abraham. I mean, Bethlehem. What's wrong with you and me for not believing he was born in Bethlehem? He says, nothing wrong with me. I got it. Then go tell the good news of great tidings, right? Because watch what the angels do, uh, the shepherds do. The shepherds return to their fields, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard and seen. These young men experienced God, and they worshiped God. Amen? There should have been a big amen right there, because part of the problem is we're not experiencing God nor worshiping God today because we're just living life. We watch Fox News, CNN, or whatever your news choice is more than we watch the Word of God. We worry about, listen, there's peace in the Middle East. Well, that's biblical somewhere, and that's about all we do. Well, prophecy is being fulfilled. Well, where is it being fulfilled? Well, I don't know, but I know the Bible says I heard a preacher preach one time, and this and that and the other. I hear those conversations. Pastor, where does it say? And we do, by the way, on pulpits, before we stop the Sunday evenings and Wednesday nights, we ask questions and answer questions because we want to be informed. But it should be after a while that you could come down here and teach this same sermon. You could teach the same message, can you not? That Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, was born in Bethlehem. He was attested to by the angels. He was attested to by shepherds. And today he's attested to by a preacher who's been born again, who has received him as his personal Lord and Savior. Christmas is the best celebration ever. I will come to the place that I've experienced God, and I will worship Him. Yes, I'll act crazy sometimes, and I'll shout, hallelujah. I'll, I'll, I'll praise His name. I'll sing off key. I'll pray a prayer. Listen, when I don't need to pray a prayer, when I'm in the middle of talking, I'll pray a prayer. I'll come to the place, and I raise my hand in the car. Sometimes I'll punch the ceiling just because a worship song come on that I was celebrating the Lord Jesus Christ because He saved my soul. Come to the place, church. Listen, there's people that are marveling. Look at the people there in verse 18. Let me just finish with this. All of those who heard from the shepherds, they marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. They marveled at, hmm, watch this, look. Wow. Wow. But they did nothing else with it. There is no record that anybody else went to the stable. We have no record that people packed up and said, listen, the Messiah has been born today. Let us go see him. They had religious actions, if you will, they had rituals, they had traditions of men, but they had no appetite for the Savior of the world. Because he would mess things up if he really came, wouldn't he? If we're religious and we have our rules and our traditions, and lo and behold, God actually does send the Messiah in, then we've got to follow his rules and traditions. That means we've got to start over. Some of you need to start over today. Your tradition is you came from a religion where they did drop a little water on a baby. They didn't forgive your sins. You know what it did? Got the little baby wet. You understand? Christening is not in the Bible anywhere in the Bible. You say, well, I don't like that you say that. It doesn't bother me at all whether you like that or not. If it's in God's Word, listen, every baptism in the Bible was by immersion. Every single one. 
You say, well, who are you taking away from mine? I'm not taking away from what you've experienced. I'm just telling you it wasn't biblical what you experienced. I told you down in Augusta last, was it two years ago, they're turning the fire hydrants on and calling that baptism. Is that in the Bible? They got the church, I'm not kidding, a church in, in, in Augusta, when they're cleaning out the fire hydrants, the city comes in and turns on the hydrants, and everybody runs through the middle of it, the kids and young people, and whoever wants to be baptized, runs down the street in the middle of the fire hydrants, gets wet, and they call it baptism. Said they baptized over 100 people that way. Fire hydrant baptism is not biblical baptism, just for the record. Amen? Neither is christening of your baby. Now, you can dedicate your baby before the Lord and say, Lord, I dedicate this child and commit. We've had baby dedications. We will have more baby dedications. But there's no power within me to make that child saved. It's only in the power of the name of Jesus Christ. Finish out the shepherds. What they do in verse 20? I think it's kind of neat that the Bible says this about the angels. The angels were obedient. They really don't have much of a choice, do they? They had a choice back in the day when they fell. Demons were kicked. The angels, the fallen angels were kicked to the earth. They can't be forgiven. No angel can be forgiven because they can't die. So Jesus Christ died for humans only. But it comes to the place, these shepherds, the Bible says they told the people, and the people marveled. People did not respond. People did not go see Jesus. People didn't come to Jesus. They just marveled. Hmm, that's, wow, that's amazing. Look at verse 20. Then the shepherds, what did they do? They did something extra. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told to them. They came to the place and said, let me tell you what happened to us. And when someone tells you about being an eyewitness, you say, that's not true. Right? When I told you about walking home the other night, you can say it's not true, isn't it? He said it didn't happen. Well, I was a personal eyewitness, and so were my poor shoes, right? My feet killing me. When he's like, what are you doing? I was like, Jeep broke down. Don't ask me any questions. Let's go. It's running now. I got it fixed. But I want you to know, listen, just like these shepherds come by, they'd come to the place. They'd experience the Lord Jesus Christ. They'd come to that place. And they're, they're running around saying, it's true, it's true. He, he's, he's, he's in Bethlehem. Listen, he's the sacrificial lamb of God. The, the Messiah is here. And some people, like I said, people marvel. And the Bible says Mary took these things and she held them in her heart going, hmm. Mm-hmm. Only like a mother could. She knew what happened to her. She knew Gabriel talked to her. She knew she was a virgin who gave birth. And now she's hearing of the angels tell shepherds. Now there's a witness to what she hears. The cat, if you will, the proverbial cat's out of the bag. Shepherds have never come because they were told by heavenly hosts, just like she was told by an angel, this was going to happen. And now she's confirmed in her heart. And she goes, hmm. What do you think Joseph's saying? It doesn't tell us much what Joseph thinks. Not that God cares what Joseph thinks, right? Even though God told Joseph, listen, because Joseph's thought was, she's cheated on me. <laughs> Go back and read it for yourself. And the angel of the Lord had to come to him too and say, listen, what's happened? She didn't cheat on you. What's happened to her is from the Lord. You will take her. You will marry her like you planned to. You will name him Jesus because he's going to save his people from their sins. You will call him Emmanuel because he's God with us. These are the things you will do. And the Bible says Joseph got up and did exactly what God said to do. That's obedience that God is looking for today. What's left for us, there's no more narrative, there's no more historical narrative for us today except that is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Have you given your heart life to Jesus Christ? Have you surrendered and said, I believe that story. 
I don't understand how it happened. I don't know how God works all this and makes all this spaghetti work out, but I trust in the Lord Jesus Christ because he's called me to himself. I receive him freely today. Friend, have you done that? If you've done that, listen, rejoice. This is the time to experience God and get back in God. I've, I've been a little cloudy, right? Partly cloudy with you. Help me get back on those clear days with you. God, I'm going through a struggle right now. Would you, would you minister to me in a way that I can experience you so that I can worship you? When you ask him, the answer is always yes. He wants, to, listen, he says in his word, whoever draws near to him, he draws near to them. Aren't you glad God moves towards you, not away from you? Because y'all know how stanky and bad you can be sometimes, don't you, right? If your sins were smells, whoo, we'd be a rotten people, wouldn't we? Yet God, as soon as we repent, the Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All of it. All of it. That's for you and that's for me. What a celebration we have this Christmas season. All the beauty and the pageantry of the season is awesome. We need to go back to that day. Just a little bitty shanty, if you will, just a little cave, just that little manger of a poor baby wrapped up in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And that poor baby was the king of kings. Lord, Lord, his name is Jesus. Praise God that he came, listen, for all people. It's the good news that we have today. We must, we must preach it, we must teach it. We must sing it, we must pray it. When we're playing, we must give it out, right? We must model it for the Lord Jesus Christ, for his sake, because he's our Savior and our Lord. Let's pray together. God and our Father, Lord, we know today that we're so grateful. Lord, we can actually spend time and talk about how wonderful you are. We can celebrate, just like the shepherds, Lord, we're, we're to be about telling people everywhere we go that how good God is, not worried about the threats of being called unclean, made fun of, rejected, because the shepherds were already a rejected people. They had a task that was required, really required of you, God, and yet they were rejected by people. Jesus is born in Bethlehem, yet he was raised sinless son of God and even people as Adrian read this morning rejected him his own people rejected him but I thank you God that you opened up the floodgates that whomever calls upon the name of the Lord whoever believes on the name of Jesus Christ today can be and will be saved if we put our faith and trust in you calling on you only and Lord I pray today there's some people here some people watching by Social media, Father, they would bow a knee and say, Lord Jesus Christ, forgive me my sins and come into my heart and life. What a great season to celebrate. We love you and thank you for loving us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, for his sake. Amen.